Kamala, can't believe it, but she wins again. Tucker Carlson blows up the world this week weekend, and I think Fox News is probably beginning to regret their decision to get rid of him. And, of course, everything is racist. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, there's some great news. I almost didn't have a podcast today. I was working on getting my book published. I swore I would get it done today, and I did. It's now in review on Amazon. I'm just waiting for it to get out there. I'm working. I have to work on the cover for my uh, for my uh, paperback to actually publish it in paperback. That'll be done by the end of the day, and then we can finally, finally, five years. And by the way, this just shows you. First off, I was a drunk. I don't drink anymore, and I got to tell you, in five years of being drunk, it took me four months to do something I should have done five years ago. So this book has been written for a very long time, and I just never published it, always was afraid to. Now I know the process. Now I'm going through the process, and my next book, which is probably three-quarters of the way complete, I'm going to have a lot easier time trying to publish it. I've learned a lot and uh, can't wait. I, I don't know how this one's going to do. I... It is basically it's a retelling of Dante's Inferno, one of my favorite books. Uh, I think it's pretty good. We'll have to see how everyone else thinks, but yay me, it's done. I feel a lot of relief. I wasn't even going to do a podcast today, simply because I, I was just so tired. But I'm I've got so much to talk about. It be if I didn't get this done, I'd have to do a podcast on Friday. And uh, it would be like a two-hour podcast. So I needed to do one today. By the way, next week, I will be in Mexico on Tuesday. So I will be gone from Tuesday to Monday of next week. Uh, so there will be no podcast. I might try and sneak something in while I, I'm in Mexico because I can do this on my phone. Won't be as classy as this one is, but you'll get the hint. Okay, so let's get to our dumbasses of the day. And we've got a couple of them. And for the third day in a row, the third podcast in a row, Kamala Harris. Now, this was I, I, this was really made into a big deal on the internet. This went viral, and I kind of understand why it went viral because I, I believe this too. But probably we shouldn't make that big of a deal out of it. We should just point out she screwed up. Okay, this was a mistake. She didn't mean to say what she said. Here's the problem, and this is why I don't give her a lot of credit on anything. These people really have been saying this for a very, very long time. So Kamala Harris, she says the quiet part out loud when it comes to climate change. So let's listen to what she had to say. Think about the impact on something like public health. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population... More of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. Okay, I take it back. I just listened to that again. There's just no way I can give her a break here. There's one of two things. First off, in the speech, she wasn't meant to say lower population. She was meant to say lower pollution. Okay, normally you could say that's a gaffe, but 
here's the reality. These people, these elitists, they say that all the time. Um, Carl, Carl, Klaus Schwab says it. Bill Gates says it. I mean, they say it all the time that we are overpopulated as a country, well, as a world, and that we need to cut population. John Kerry has said it. John Kerry has said it dozens of times. He sits there and laments the fact that we have 7 to 8 billion people on the planet. And he, of course, he doesn't care if we cut the population because he won't be part of the cuts. But these people don't, they do want to lower the population. Now, that's not what she meant. What she meant was pollution. That's what the speechwriter said. She walked it back. I think that their speechwriters walked it back and things like, yeah, she she said the wrong thing. Here's the problem. Either she just said the quiet part out loud or she can't read and she's underprepared all the time. Either way, she looks really bad in this situation. Now, here's another thing. Uh, This is going to be co-winner of the dumbasses of the day. This is... The left constantly needs to go out there and demonize Republicans. That's the only way they win any election, is if they demonize Republicans. Well, this is from a, this commercial was ripped out by a group called the Progressive Action Fund. Of course, a far left uh, action group, a PAC. And basically what it's about is how Republicans want to take away your birth control. You can't even use condoms. The Republicans, they're going to sit there, they're going to legislate your bedroom and, and crap like that. So essentially what it is, what it starts, if you're not looking at, if you haven't seen the video, it's an old man, a Republican, of course, in a blue suit, red tie, white shirt, because red, white, and blue is evil, um, sitting there watching two people making out and getting ready to have sex. And he needs a condom, and the politician, which is a Republican, takes away the condom and says it is illegal to practice birth control. It is really just, just listen to it. Do you have a condom? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, you can't use those. What are you talking about? Who are you? I'm your Republican congressman. Now that we're in charge, we're banning birth control. This is our decision, not yours. Get out of our bedroom. I won the last election. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to watch and make sure you don't do anything illegal. Now, listening to the dialogue in this little Trump, um, the only thing I got is these people do not know how to act. This was just, it is just so badly done. Uh, It looks so fake. It looks so bad. The only good news about this commercial is that at least they had a man and a woman doing what they're doing in bed. Needless to say, it's just demonization, trying to scare you into voting Democrat, because that's all they have. That's all they have. They can't run on crime. They can't run on the economy. They can't run on foreign policy. There's absolutely, even social issues, they're having issues. The trans issue, they can't run on. Abortion, they have a real tough time running on. Uh, I mean, these guys want to kill a baby, you know, up to four months after the kid's born. So they're having a real hard time finding a platform. So their platform is, don't vote for that guy. They're bad. They're really bad. They're going to take away your rights and everything. Even though I don't recall ever hearing one Republican, I mean, even far-right 
evangelical Republicans have not said anything about birth control. The only thing they're against is abortion. So I don't know where they're coming up with this, but it just shows you they're they're running out of they're running out of um, they're running out of things to talk about. Okay, so Tucker Carlson, wow, he was on fire this weekend. So he had he did two things. The first thing he did was he went on um, he went and interviewed for Blaze TV all of the presidential candidates except for Chris on the Republican side, except for Chris Christie, who he didn't invite. And they don't like each other. And Donald Trump, who just refuses to go anywhere. And that's that. I'm a little surprised because Tucker Carlson's a big Trump guy. He is going to vote for Trump. He loves Trump. I, I think he would cuddle passionately with Trump if he could. Uh, so he had everybody. There is one clip, about a two-minute clip, that's gone viral. And for the wrong reasons. That really, really probably torpedoed Mike Pence's political chances. And um, unfairly, I might add. I don't think this was fair. We'll talk about that. But let's listen to his response to Tucker Carlson. Now, just, just to lead, up this, lead this up a little bit, um, Mike Pence, you could tell, was already annoyed with Tucker. Now, I didn't see the entire interview. But you could tell Mike Pence just was already done with Tucker. And you might be able to hear it, but if you watch the video, you can see it. He's just like, F Tucker Carlson. So let's listen and see if you can catch what he said that has gone viral. That shouldn't have gone viral. I won't lie. It, it wasn't that bad. Let's listen. We're saying maybe January we'll let somebody transfer some jets. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President. Have you? I know you're running for president. You are distressed. You, you are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Yeah. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States, right. and it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased, and yet. Your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. Right. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. <laughs> Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. I think Joe Biden has weakened America at home and abroad. And as President of the United States, we're going to restore law and order in our cities, we're going to secure our border, we're going to get this economy moving again, and we're going to make sure that we have men and women on our courts at every level that will stand for the right to life and defend all the God-given liberties enshrined in our Constitution. Anybody that says that we can't be the leader of the free world and solve our problems at home has a pretty small view of the greatest nation on earth. We can do both. And as President of the United States, we will secure our border, we will support our military, we will revive our economy and stand by our values, and we will also lead the world for freedom under my administration. Okay, so let's let's get to the point here. This made it sound, this went viral because it made it sound like Mike Pence said, 
he is not concerned about America or the public or the people of America. That's not what he said. Okay, and that's why I played the entire minute, 30-some-odd second clip. It's because he made it clear that what he wasn't concerned about was Ukraine having tanks. But it sounded like he was, there were people who actually cut it, well, I'm not concerned with that, meaning people in the United States. What concerns me about here, it was a badly worded statement. His career is done. I mean, he that statement itself will be used in ads because he, he acts like he doesn't care about, and it's just not true. Okay, here's my problem with this with that statement. I blame Tucker on this a little bit. Ben Shapiro actually talked about this this morning, and it, he had a very good point here. And I'm going to expand a little bit on this point. This is a bad thing that Republicans are doing. This is They're going down a very bad road when they start demonizing each other. Right now, what they should be doing is going after Joe Biden. Every one of those candidates should not be going after each other. They should be going after Joe Biden. And then just pointing out the differences between each of the candidates. Donald Trump is doing this shtick. He's demonizing, let's say, Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is the only one he's demonizing. He's demonizing Ron DeSantis. And meanwhile, he's going to the left of Ron DeSantis. He's appearing less conservative than Ron DeSantis. If he had gone after Joe Biden and said, I've already been president, I did this, this, this and when, I'm pre- when I was president, and Ron DeSantis, he's not experienced. If he went after DeSantis in not such a vicious, demonic way, I think he'd be a lot more embraced than he is right now. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think if he's nominated, he's probably going to win the election. That's how bad, depending on what pandemic decides to pop up in 2024, which it's coming. Don't kid yourself. It is coming. Something will happen in 2024 so the Democrats can cheat. But this is going down a bad road. And Tucker did not help this. I mean, it was a good question. It went viral. He did a very good job with these editor, with these candidates. But this was not something I liked seeing. I did not like seeing it at all. So then Tucker goes into the um, what uh, Young People's Action Network or something. I can't remember where it is, where he went. Um, and he was on fire. So he did a speech. It was about a 45-minute speech. I watched the whole thing. It was great. Um, here is probably the funniest two-minute monologue I've ever heard about the cocaine in the White House. And why I think it is so funny is it's probably a lot, a lot of it's probably true. So let's listen to this monologue. It's really funny. I mean, somebody in the, he's talking about freedom of speech. He's talking about being jailed for tell, saying the truth. Then someone brings up the cocaine. They just yell it from the state, from the audience. And then Tucker goes off on this. Now, don't forget, Tucker used to be a comedian on the radio, so he knows how to do this. So let's listen to Tucker. What'd you say? I don't know what, you know what, the thing about that story, it's just a mystery to me. No 
one was more shocked than I was. Are you serious? In the Biden White House, somebody left an eight ball of cocaine in a public. I was like, I said to my wife, that just doesn't, it's just not in character. You know? I just don't believe it. It's clearly a setup. I went right back to Marion Barry and I was like, somebody set you up. I'm serious. It was, you know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> it was so, can I, I'll stop with it. That was my favorite story of all time. <laughs> because it just explains all the behavior. It really does. I mean, I worked in the media business for my whole life, so I, I know what the behavior looks like. But it's like crazed and grandiose. I've got a plan. You're not going to believe it. It's unbelievable. It's going to totally work. What we're going to do is we're going to totally rearrange everything, okay? We've been doing things a certain way for a long time, okay? And it's worked. But I've got a better plan. Love that clip. Love that clip. I love that clip because he basically saying that, well, that's how your White House is running right now. They're on cocaine or drugs or some sort of drug, which I, I personally think is probably somewhat true. And they just come up with these grand, grandiose ideas and it ends up being a disaster, but they're so high, they don't know the difference. And it's typical Tucker fashion. I mean, it just... God, Fox News has got to be dying right now. We'll get to that in a second. And here's another one. And, and this was this was said before his little monologue at the end, because that was at the end. Here he is talking about how in this country right now, the truth is the problem. That the only people right now that are getting into trouble are people that are telling the truth peacefully. People who are, are sitting back and rioting and, 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 and spreading lies and misinformation or whatever you want to call it, they're being held on a pedestal. People who are committing high-level crimes on a pedestal. Now, he is mixing truth with comedy here. I mean, he's comparing Sam Friedman here, the, the cryptocurrency guy, and he's making it actually kind of funny. But the reality is... He's right, and he's 100% right. He doesn't need to be funny here. He can just say it, and he did, and he just used Sam Friedman as, a, as an example. So let's listen to this little, this little shtick, because this was the theme of the entire 45-minute speech. No one is punished for lying. People are only punished for telling the truth. You could literally... You could literally... Wake up tomorrow, move to the Bahamas, start a fake cryptocurrency, defraud a million investors around the world of billions of dollars. I'm just saying you could do and I'm not recommending it. Note to the FEC, not recommending it. But you could do that, and you could get caught. People might have like a balanced view of you. He's really smart, good guy. Got a little over his skis, as we say. But, like, I'm not going to hate on him. Right? We all make mistakes. Like, who here? Raise your hand if you haven't defrauded a million investors with a fake cryptocurrency. Okay, there are some. There are some. 
You cast the first stone then. Those kinds of crimes, which is to say actual crimes, like burning down buildings, impoverishing people, starting totally counterproductive wars we can't win that kill a lot of our citizens, leaving the border open so 7 million people can walk across. Those are not small things. That's like, it's not all like forgetting to fold your napkin correctly at Thanksgiving. Those are like actually kind of world historic crimes. Never punished. What are the crimes that are punished? Thought crimes. Thinking the wrong thing, having the wrong beliefs, saying unapproved words. I know he was mixing comedy in that whole thing, but the the point was well taken, and it's true. I mean, you can't say the wrong thing in this world. Now you can... I've got a... I, I worry this podcast will cause me problems. I'm worried my, some of my writing might cause me problems, even though my writing is overtly not political. I... It's scary. YouTube is basically, I can't even publish to YouTube anymore because they keep banning me. And I don't want to lose my account because I like using my account for stuff that isn't YouTube. Isn't for publishing. I go to Rumble. I go to other free speech engines. But we, we're hearing way too many knocks on the door these days. And people are being arrested because they have a different opinion. And through the week, I've got stories like that. It's just, it's really, really scary. The reality is I miss Tucker a lot. I mean, I never realized how much I don't give a damn about Fox News until Tucker left. I, I barely watch it anymore. Sometimes I'll catch the Gutfeld show. That's about it. At 5 o'clock, when I, when I religiously went to the television to watch Tucker, now I don't watch it all. I'm watching a lot of Law & Order. Okay, or I'm not watching much TV at all. It really is bad. Um, most of the time, I get my news from the internet now. I go to certain outlets. I go to Washington Post. Believe it or not, I do. I subscribe to the Washington Post, the New York Times, Daily Wire, Post Millennial. I go to a bunch of sites and just read the news every morning. I get up and read it. But apparently, I'm not the only one that's doing this. Um, according to Red State... I think it's fair, uh, quote, I think it's fair to say that cutting Tucker Carlson from its lineup has a pretty bad effect on Fox News. Fox has taken some big hits in the ratings, and the base is royally ticked off, with many saying they've given up on the network. So, here's, here, here's the thing. Oh, well, let's continue with the article, and then we'll get to that. Uh, on Friday, there was a report that remaining staffers who had worked for Tucker Carlson were going to be frog-marched out the door, seemingly treated the employees badly who had done so much for the network with Carlson, with HR waiting outside the show when they finished on Friday to walk them out. One producer reportedly called it degrading. This is the typical leftist process, is embarrass you, shame you. And my dad has always said that Fox News is not a conservative. They are actually li they're actually liberal. And now he's showing they're right because they're doing the same thing as any leftist network. And, you know, they're going to pay for it. They are paying for it. This week, what they are starting their brand new lineup where it's going to be, you know, everything has been changed. It's the same shows. It's just different time slots. And, of course, Fox News is really excited about this. Well, no one really cares. 
okay, you move Jesse Waters to 5 o'clock, and you move uh, Hannity to 7, and you move... Uh, who cares? You move Gutfeld from 11 o'clock, where he was beating the crap out of all the late-night shows, to 10 o'clock? That doesn't make any sense. So, you know, and one thing they have not done yet is discussed why they got rid of Tucker. And, of course, they thought that this NDA that Tucker signed was going to shut him up. Of course, it's not going to shut him up. He doesn't talk much about Fox News. But, hey, he, he you can tell there's no love there. The article, the article continues. But now, Carlson's bi- biographer, Chadwick Moore, reports that there were more company-wide layoffs quietly happening at Fox. According to the current senior producer at Fox News, there is a company-wide layoffs happening right now that no one is reporting on. Quote, morale is miserable across teams on both news and opinion, the producer says. The producers are also feeling insulted about getting a 0 or 1% pay increase the same week that Abby Grossberg got a $12 million for, quote, helping out, force out Tucker. Abby Grossberg's got to be the HR CEO. I don't know who that is. Uh, sources also say the show is getting, quote, frantic bipolar guidance almost daily on blacklisted and unblacklisted guests, including sitting members of the Senate. Well, that's not a surprise because the reality is they don't want to stick a conservative on there. And I've noticed this. They, Jesse, Jesse Waters, Hannity, some of them, they're getting a lot of moderate Republicans. You know what I'm not seeing a lot of? A lot of right-wing Republicans. So, yeah, I can kind of see that. And then some Republicans that the left has created controversy about are not even on the show anymore. Now, mind you, they are not controversial figures. The left created controversy so yeah there it's it's actually not even great to watch anymore i mean their their hold on their take on ukraine is just like a leftist take on ukraine it's a a biden take on ukraine i don't have that take on ukraine continuing we reported layoffs in may after carlson was cut in april they're also having to deal with the dominion settlement now, Rolling Stone is reporting that the floundering network is dispensing with, investiga- with its investigative unit in an effort to trim costs, with more layoffs potentially looming. Quote, the rank-and-file journalists are getting let go. Meanwhile, upper management are sitting pretty while, the execs, while they are the execs responsible for the Dominion debacle, end quote. One Fox News employee tells Rolling Stone, which has confirmed the unit has been axed. Quote, we are sacrificial lambs. Yes, layoffs are happening. They continue to happen. None of this is a shock. Fox News has been exposed. The curtain has been removed. The mask has been taken down. We know who they are. And we should have gotten an idea when they started um, putting uh, Bruce Jenner in, who transed himself. I can't remember what his real name, what he, he's calling himself now. But when they brought him in, and then when they had the news story about how great it was to be a trans kid, we should have seen it. We were seeing it at that point. And then when you had Tucker openly sit back and state on his show that that was evil, 
I mean, his time was his time was numbered. I just didn't think they were going to get rid of him. I mean, well, they're going to pay for it. All right. Another next story here. Um, it's something I don't understand when it comes to voting. Um, something that we all should understand when we vote is we need to watch for the tyrants. They're everywhere, Republican or Democrat, doesn't make any difference. A far right tyrant is just as dangerous as a far left tyrant. Usually, though, the far right tyrants never make it to Congress because they're condemned by their own people. Leftist tyrants are not only voted in, they're embraced. And they're everywhere. And the only thing these people want, they don't care, they'll step on your rights, they'll step on your freedoms, they'll step on your livelihood. They just want hell. They will throw you in a gulag if they could. The only thing they want is the power they have and more power. Gavin Newsom is a prime example of that. Gavin Newsom has made nothing but life miserable in California. When he was mayor of San Francisco, look what happened to San Francisco. Now he's governor, he's destroying this state. And now he wants to be in the White House, either as a VP or president. And maybe to continue to destroy the country. For some reason, people keep voting for these monsters. And you know something? Chicago, New York, um, Massachusetts, California, you guys keep voting for these assholes. You get what you deserve. I don't feel sorry for them. Remember last week I had said that they were talking about all of the miserable economy? Well, the economy is miserable is only floating because of red states. Florida, Texas, Arizona, small part Arizona, Tennessee, the Dakotas, Montana. Those states are doing so well because of, of, of right-leaning leadership that they're keeping the whole country afloat. We'd be at 16 17% unemployment if it weren't for red states and everybody moving to red states. Well, here's another case of a monster. According to the Gateway Pundit, Boston Mayor Michelle Wu, a Democrat, is facing criticism for Nixonian tactics after her administration admitted to creating a list of her most vocal critics and providing it to local authorities. Now, I do want to point out, Michelle Wu is a complete effing moron. She is an idiot. But she's also very dangerous. She is uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez dangerous. Pretty, nasty, and stupid. That's what makes her dangerous. I mean, we could see it when she was elected during COVID. And she started putting in all of these policies. We're like, oh God, here we go. We got another Lori Lightfoot. We got another Cuomo. We got another uh, Gavin Newsom. We got another one of these governors that's going to govern their city into the ground. And she's doing a good job of uh, driving him to the ground. Continuing with the... Um, Continuing with the article, quote, the list was made in response to a request from the Boston Police Department after the mayor had been harassed and physically intimidated by individuals for several months outside her home. At city functions such as the annual neighborhood parks coffee hours and at public events, end quote, Wu spokesman Ricardo Patron said in a statement to the Boston Herald. So let's get this straight. She's on public property. She's doing events and people are protesting at her events. They're sure, and that's a problem. 
those are people that the police should go investigate. Seems to me there's something in the Constitution, I'm not sure where, that says they can do that. They're allowed to do that. And if you don't like it, go away. Also, I noticed she's upset that people are protesting (coughs) at her home. Interesting. Someone went to Brett Kavanaugh's house to kill Brett Kavanaugh. And that was found to be okay with everyone. But suddenly they go to this pissant stupid mayor's home and suddenly the world's got to end and the police have to get involved? Interesting how that works out. Now, I'm not saying protesters should be at her home. I don't think they should be. But what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Well, Supreme Court justice can have someone go and try and kill him and the government still doesn't prevent that from happening, uh, prevent people from protesting outside his house. Why should it be any big deal that uh, people are protesting outside her house? Continuing with the article, um, the acknowledgement by the administration that it has compiled the document came after the list was uncovered in an email obtained through a public records request by Wu's opponents, the outlet noted. The tactics used by the administration raise concern over whether Wu and her administration are attempting to silence or intimidate her critics, many of whom have protested outside her home. No, attempting? Of course they're attempting. Who's kidding who? She sent the list to the police department. And the police department took the list. And supposedly, the police department, we can assume, are investigating these people. This was a Freedom of Information Act uh, request that was released. This wasn't the police saying, hey, we can't do this publicly. Of course, that's exactly what she's doing is to silence and intimidate her critics. Continuing, quote, the request from police came after many, uh, of course, now mind you, the request from police, that's coming from her staff. I doubt her staff got a request from police. I, I, the police have got better things to do. The crime rate in Boston is terrible. So I doubt the police are actually requesting to find out who's hunting this broad down. So, continuing, uh, quote, the request from police came after many of the individuals on the list repeatedly impeded the Dorchester Parade uh, Day Parade to harass Mayor Wu and her family and staff, yelling through megaphones at her and her children for nearly 90 minutes as they marched in the parade despite being asked by parade organizers to leave the parade route, end quote, patron said, according to the Herald. Okay, that seems like peaceful protest. If the police are there, then the police remove them. Kind of like the police always do at a parade when something like that happens. That's no call for a complete investigation into the people that are protesting. And again, they can protest to a small extent. Now, maybe bullhorns at a parade is not a thing, but okay, they can be told to stop. The police didn't... The police which I would assume covered that parade, considering that was the home of the Boston bombing, I'm pretty sure the police, if they thought it was a big deal, would have said something. They didn't. So now you're starting an investigation? And of course, all this crap about her is gaslighting, about her, about the police requesting it. Pure gaslighting. The police didn't request that crap. Okay. Remember, peaceful protest. If you burn a building for a left-wing cause like the George Floyd riots, that's okay. 
All right. You, nothing will happen to you. You won't go to jail. You can kill somebody and you won't. nothing will happen to you. But if you protest a lefty, just basically protest, say, I don't like your policies, you can be investigated and go to jail. But these people can be, continue to vote for them. Remember, they'll come after you eventually. Okay, here's our next story. Oh, what a shocker. Everything is racist. Here's another story where people are looking for racism, where there's absolutely no racism. As a matter of fact, it's completely the opposite. It's embracing something that was created by a black person, but instead of seeing it as embracing something created by a black person, it's seen as cultural appropriation and racist. And it actually involves two people that I really like and a song that I really like. Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs. Tracy Chapman is a folk singer. Luke Combs is a country singer. And the song is um, the song is Fast Car. So according to TMZ, Luke Combs' cover of Tracy Chapman's hit, Fast Car, has been dominating the country charts. But amid its success, some have wondered if racism is afoot in the genre. Here's the deal. Think pieces have been published of late that delve into the topic, including one from WAPO, Washington Post, which really kick-started the conversation. And they're all post posing the same question. Why didn't Tracy Chapman resonate with the same audience that Luke has? Okay, we'll get to that in a second. First off, um, Tracy Chapman, love her music. I do. I actually like her music. But here's the thing. Um, Tracy Chapman had one song in pop culture. She had one song back in the 80s. Fast Car. That was it. If you go to her Wikipedia page, they'll mention a second song. I think it's called Revolution. Revolution, a good song too, but it never made it. She's a one -hit. She is the definition of a one-hit wonder. So her falling into obscurity, not a shock since she only had one good song. And by the way, that's not her fault because she is a folk singer and it's just not as popular. Okay, continuing with the article. The answer that a lot of these articles seem to land on after interviewing subjects, etc., is that even today it's hard for black artists to break through in country. And they're using the example of Luke thrusting new life into Fast Car as an exhibit A for that argument. Okay, um, black art, she's not a country artist. Why is it they always do that? They always sit back. Hootie and the Blowfish, a black man, the lead singer for Hootie and the Blowfish, actually became a country singer and a very good country singer. I don't know his name. I've heard his music all the time. But the reason there aren't a lot of black people in country music is because black people like rap and pop and things like that. It's the same reason you don't see a lot of black conductors in class in concerts. Because there just aren't a lot of them that are interested in it. But this is the argument they decide to come up. And by the way, TMZ, to give them props, TMZ was actually against this stuff. TMZ was like, this is bullshit. They, they all but said it. Okay, continuing. In fact, the author of uh, the Washington Post article put it quite succinctly in promoting her work, writing, 
Quote, as Luke Combs' hit cover of Tracy Chapman's Fast Car dominates the country charts, it's bringing up some complicated emotions in fans and singers who know that Chapman, as a queer black woman, you got to throw that in there. Not only is she black, she's gay. Which, I mean, that didn't stop her in 88 when she wrote the song. Would have an almost zero chance at the achievement herself. Um, okay, bullshit. Now, this song came out, like I said, I think it was 88, 89, somewhere around there. Okay, here's what happened to Chapman. Her song went to number six on the billboards in 1988. She was nominated for seven seven Grammys in 1989 and 1990. She won three Grammys, including Best Female Pop Vocal Performance, Best Contemporary Folk Album, and Best New Artist. And she's worth over $6 million dollars. Because of that one song. No one would even know who Tracy Chapman is today. Including black people. They'd have no idea who she was. If it weren't for that one song. She is the definition of a one-hit wonder. She made millions off that one-hit wonder. She made a career off that one hit. And she's going on. Okay, I mean, today, she's still playing. She still does concerts. She does small venues and stuff like that. But it's basically because of that song. Now, again, I love Chase, Tracy Chapman. I think she's a fantastic artist. She's, one of, she's actually, believe it or not, one of my favorite artists. But she has never had a hit since. Now, Luke Combs, he's the bad guy here. Okay, um, Luke Combs, you'd think Luke Combs stole this song from her because she's black. Well, first off, Luke Combs never changed the song. He left the song exactly the way Tracy Chapman wrote it. I think he changed a couple of words because the song is about a woman who is victimized by her father and then victimized by her uh, boyfriend and she decides just to take off and, and leave him to try and save her own life. It's a very, very dark song, very sad song, very good song. So the only thing Luke Combs changed on it is he, instead of having he, he put she in there because he's talking about the main character of the song in the third person instead of the first person. So it, it, that's because he's a man, obviously. And then the other thing is, so he loved the song. Which, I know that's appropriation, appropriation is a version of racism, but isn't that basically celebrating a really good song? That's a good thing? That he thinks that this black lesbian woman, like, Washington Post can't get beyond the fact that she's a black lesbian. This guy, who is worth tens of millions of dollars, loves that song, decided to make it a number one hit, gave her credit for the song, actually had to ask her permission to play the song? We forget that. He had to get her permission. He didn't just grab the song. He got her permission, gave her full credit for the song, and basically revitalized the song. And within a different genre than what Tracy Chapman played. This should be celebrated. That country western people, who are supposed to be all racist, by the way, actually do 
are open to other things and open to other types of music. Because this is not a country western song. He didn't play it like a country western song. He played it just the way she did. But, you know, that's what these people do. That's all they care about. So, good news though, TMZ did point all this out. They did say, well, you know, she's not living in poverty. You know, she's not living in in she's not living in poverty here. She's she she did win three Grammys and three of the biggest Grammys in 1988. She was nominated seven times. Her album was number one. So, you know, I don't know what exactly the Washington Post is throwing a fit about. They didn't say it in that way. I'm ad hocing what they said, but that's what they said. Well, you know something? I've decided what we're going to do. We're going to end the song with Tracy Chapman's Fast Car. And we're going to give her the credit she deserves. And I got to tell you, I know I'm probably violating copyright, but the reality is it is one of my favorite songs. So I hope you guys have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless and I love you. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Nothing to lose. Maybe we'll make something. Me, myself, I got nothing to prove. You got a fast car. I got a plan to get us out of here. Been working at the convenience store. Managed to save just a little bit of money. Won't have to drive too far. Just cross the border and into the city. You and I can both get jobs and finally see what it means to be living. See, my old man's got a problem. Yeah, but the bottle, that's the way it is. He says his body's too old for working. His body's too young to look like his. My mama went off and left him. She wanted more from life than he could give. I said, somebody's got to take care of him. I quit school and that's what I did You got a fast car Is it fast enough so we can fly away? You gotta make a decision Leave tonight or live and die this way Someone. You got a fast car. We 
go cruise and entertain ourselves Still ain't got a job Now work in the market as a checkout girl I know things will get better You'll find work and I'll get promoted We'll move out of the shelter Buy a bigger house and live in the suburbs I remember when we were driving, driving in your car Speed so fast it felt like I was drunk City lights lay out before us Your arm felt nice wrapped round my shoulder And I, I had a feeling that I belonged I, I had a feeling I could be someone Be someone, be someone Got a fast car. I got a job that pays all our bills. Instead of drinking, date at the bar. Some more your friends than you do your kids. I'd always hope for better. Thought maybe together you and me find it. I got no plans, I ain't going nowhere. Take a fast car and keep on driving. You got a fast car. Fast enough so you can fly away You gotta make a decision Leave tonight or live and die this way 